Welcome everyone to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church and it is good to be with you today. Hey, I am Pastor Megan and I am here with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Steve. Hey, it's good to have the team together for a little bit longer. Let's play a game called How Many Times Can I Bring Up in How Many Circumstances That You Guys Are Leaving? What? What? It's, Quitters. It's the worst. You I both are we, the worst. I think we only have two more podcasts, including this one. Wow, when when you all are around, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, well, that just got heavy. Weird. Super weird. Um, the podcast is about to get better. Better. <laughs> <laughs> so much better. <laughs> Man, if I could get rid of this dead weight on this podcast, I could be the star I was always destined to be. Come on. <laughs> oh, friends, don't no need to write in. We know how much you appreciate Pastor Brandon and Pastor Steve. This is this is a peek behind the curtain and the ridiculousness that is we do have a working good time. together. We do have a good time. Sometimes we even get stuff done. It's pretty great. <laughs> Oh, speaking of getting stuff done, we are here to talk about quite the story. And uh, as you will remember, we are in a series called Word of Life, where our preachers are talking about a favorite text, whether it's their favorite now or their favorite of all time. Coming up this Sunday, our deacon, Hans Vigisa, is going to preach on the whole chapter of John 9. Um, Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. It's long, but hey... We all love hunts, and if he says, I want to preach on the whole chapter of John 9, man, I'm going to let him. Who's so, going to say no to that guy? Right? And plus, <laughs> this is one of those really rare opportunities where we get to hear the entirety of a story. Uh, we were just talking about this before we started hitting record, that oftentimes whenever we read, especially something out of something that's more narrative, like a gospel or the book of Acts, we tend to take a little, a little chunk, a little vignette, right? Which is good. Because then, you know, it it tightens things up a bit. But we miss this narrative arc that can be so beautiful about not just the story being intact, but the story as part of a flow of stories, as a full context, right? So Hmm. uh, now having said how beautiful it is to read an entire story uh, in its whole, we're not going to do that in this podcast. Um, But... Pastor Steve, I do deputize to summarize and give us. <laughs> do a I get little, a badge? Get a let. I, I here is your. your I pass you your badge. It's so shiny. Yeah, it's very fancy. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about what goes on in John chapter yeah. nine, and then maybe just read the last few verses of it for us. So, dear listeners, I hope that you were with us through our series through John because we did talk about John and just a couple things about John. Just remember that one of the narrative devices of John is location. So whenever Jesus is up in Galilee, it's like positive and this is the way it should be. And then when he's in Jerusalem, it's like dun, dun, dun. And he's confronting power structures. And that's what's happening in John chapter 9. He's just in, in, it's a continuation of what he's been doing in John chapter 8, but we won't go into that. But um, he just just had a showdown with the leaders in John chapter 8. And uh, he, he narrowly escapes them wanting to stone him to death. And then he comes around the corner with his disciples, and they see this man sitting on the side of the road. And this man was born without the physical ability to see, which we call blindness, right? And he, in that ancient world, um, it was very discriminatory against people who had physical disabilities. And so this man, so unfortunately, had to sit by the side of the road and beg. That was his. That was his lot in life, and it had been um, 
he'd been there. So everybody in Jerusalem knew this guy. He's like, this guy's been there since we can remember he's blind. And so Jesus and his disciples, they get into this theological conversation about was, you know, why was he born blind? Because in that day they thought that was a punishment from God. And Jesus is like, no, he's not being punished, but we're going to do something good here. So Jesus goes and he spits in the mud, spits <laughs> in the dirt. Let's, let's just pause and be like, if he's going to heal, Ew. he's going to, yeah. he's about to heal someone. And he does so. By by hacking a loogie in the yeah. in the dirt, yeah, pretty much in the dirt. Yep, makes a little mud, mm-hmm. wipes it on the guy's eyes. Yeah, that is a recipe for like <laughs> nothing pink like eye. nothing like Jesus spit mud on your face. Ooh. And so he, yeah, it's kind of gross, but he <laughs> he wipes it on his eyes, and then he tells the guy, go over to the pool of Siloam, and wash your face. There's so much there. We're not going to interpret it yet. This is just what happens. I'm just telling you the facts. So, boom, he can see. He washes his face, he can see. And Jesus kind of vanishes. I mean, he doesn't poof, disappear, he just walks away. And the guy's like, whoa, I can see. And everybody's like, hey, is this a guy that was born blind, really? And so there's a big hubbub in that part of the town. And so they drag him in front of the leaders. And the leader's like, hey, what happened? And this, this man testifies. It's like, Jesus did it. Note verse 14. Now, it was a Sabbath day when oh, Jesus made yes, the mud and opened thank his you. eyes. Key, key. Yeah, that's right. So that's Jesus right. working on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. lawbreaker, troublemaker. Mm-hmm. It's like the, and the religious leaders like, you got six good days to do this stuff. Why do you got to do it on the Sabbath? Jesus is like trying to make a point. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so he heals him on the Sabbath. And... <laughs> And one of my favorite parts of this scene is um, there, there's a couple different vignettes where he's like people are asking him and they drag him in front of the leaders and they say, testify. They're basically, the leaders want to say, well, they actually, they bring his parents in. And it's like, hey, is this is this your son? We want to make sure this is really your son. He's like, yeah, but he's old enough. Ask him. They didn't want to get in trouble. So they throw <laughs> their son under the bus and then they drag their, then the son gets dragged in front of the leaders and they're like, tell us. Did, who did this? Who did this? And, and my favorite part in this whole story is the guy says, look, all I know, once I was blind, now I can see. And they're like, did Jesus do this? Like, yeah. Do you want to be his disciples too? Like, why do you keep asking? Like, it's do you want to be his so disciples? Sassy. <laughs> it's so sassy. It's so sassy. Like, and they're just like, we're so done with you. You are a sinner. You were a sinner. You're still a sinner. Get out of our presence. They just drive him out. And then Jesus finds him. And uh, I just want to read the verses 35 to 41 because I think it's the point of the whole story. Because Jesus is, is using this experience to make a point, actually a metaphorical point. Mm-hmm. And listen to what it says in verse 35. It says, Jesus heard that they had driven him out. The day the religious leaders had driven him, the man born blind, now healed, out. And when Jesus found him, he said, do you believe, do you trust in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see and those who do see may become blind. 
Now, some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Sick burn, Jesus. <laughs> So Pastor Brandon is going to explain that to us. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, I would, I would make a very bad Pharisee because I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would argue that possibly that makes you a great makes, Pharisee. Because yeah, okay. Jesus yeah, is trying that. to point out that it appears that the Pharisees don't get it. That yeah. they, are, they are missing the point and they uh, proverbially cannot see the forest for the trees. So on that, Pastor Brandon, yeah, the hot just... take, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, number one is I think it's really interesting because Jesus in other healing stories just speaks and people are healed. So I'm curious, you know, well, why why does he get so handsy in this one? <laughs> and, and dirty. And spitzy. Yeah, I mean, he's like really in the mud, uh-huh, but this guy uh-huh. can't see him yet, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he's blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he doesn't really know who's doing this to him, um, but he still does what he's told. Um, so I've got, you know, that question there, why is why is Jesus so hands-on with this person? But then the second piece, I love this, when he's questioned um, for the second time, the, the man born blind who now sees, like you mentioned there, Pastor Steve, he said, um, one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Mm-hmm. It's that hopefully uh, we have our own stories, and we're we're called to testify to give witness to the stories about well what do we know um from our own maybe our own experience of jesus um and so he just says well here's what i know i was blind now i see and i think sometimes as maybe as faithful followers of jesus we think there's got to be some formula for how you share your faith Mm. right or how you interact with other people as a christian it's actually uh oh just like Tell them the truth. <laughs> Tell them what you know. Tell them what you know. Um, well, here's here's what I know about Jesus from my own experience. Uh, one day I was sitting by the road and I was blind, and and Jesus healed me, and now I see. Maybe your experience is different than that. I would yeah. I would put money on it that your experience is probably very different than that. But perhaps there's a time where you had an experience where Jesus just seemed real to you, and then it just kind of transformed the way you see life, your life, your neighbor's life, something like that. I, don't know. I, th- I think it's beautiful. I think that's beautiful, Pastor Brandon, especially because this this guy, the, the main subject of this story, he he's never willing to say more than what he knows, mm-hmm. but he's never willing to stop saying what he knows, right? Like, so there's so much mm-hmm. pressure on him. From, from the Pharisees and from his parents and from the crowd to like try to make it make sense for them. Mm-hmm. And, and he just keeps saying, look, I don't, I don't know everything. I don't know all the pieces. Here's what I know. And I'm going to yeah. keep telling it to you. And I do, I do love that he does get a little sassy, right? Verse 27, he answered them, I've told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? And that's when he says, do you also want to become his <laughs> disciples? Which honestly, if, if, if somebody kept 
hauling me back in. Yeah. And I was able to see for the first time in my life, there's a great big world out there that I want to be able to see. To have to mm -hmm. see the same room like 30 times in one day, I am over it. Let me go out and see what a tree looks like. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Well, and I'm going to, before Pastor Steve says it, and <laughs> it's probably about more than sight. <gasps> mm, what? What? But I don't know. Is there, a, is. is there potentially a metaphor at work here? I don't know. Si Pastor silence. Steve is scratch, silence. scratching his silence. head. Oh, is, that, is there a metaphor at work? And nobody takes the bait. Set? Oh, was that a setup? Because I'm ready. Let's do it. Oh, bring it. it. Bring I it. So I want to hear I it, man. I got so much. I thought it was a pretty clear setup. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I've never been a good softball player. It was like a swing and a miss. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I want to do. I want to go two places on this. So theologically... So first of all, I love John because it's just a theological gospel. It's a theological portrait of Jesus, and it goes deep and confusing, which I, I love. Um, so that is spoken as a true <laughs> professor. To yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> professor to be. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see how complex I can make this. Um, no, hopefully just the opposite. The, uh, <laughs> I love the fact that it has to do with the mud. And the washing of with water, because one of the things that the Gospel of John continually does is goes back to the creation story, and so, and and the new creation story that the creation story is an ongoing process, and so this I think is a real direct allusion to, hey, new life, new creation. Let's make some mud. Let's wash it with water. Let's make this a new thing. That's right? very the very Genesis too creation exactly. story you know god playing in the mud and exactly. making people yeah exactly so that's one thing the other place i want to go is this word that usually well always sticks sideways in my craw mm. is the word judgment mm. jesus says i have come for judgment and because i'll just speak for myself right because that's the only story we can tell is ourself because <laughs> pastor brandon just told me that um <laughs> because it's true um, but when when I hear judgment, the word judgment, from the way you know my heritage and upbringing, is that that's always a has the connotation of punishment. Judgment equals punishment, but it's that's not true. And so the word judgment here, in the Greek, of course, Thank you. means um, calling a thing for what it is, exposing. Ex, you know, bringing it into the light and exposing it for what it is. That, that's what God does. God does not punish. God speaks truth. And, and, what, and so what Jesus is doing here is, and, and we see this again all throughout the Gospel of John about light and dark. And when he talks to Nicodemus about bringing things into the light and all of that. So here we see it again because the metaphor here is about who can see and who can't see. And so what, what Jesus is trying to do is speak truthfully and faithfully to the religious leaders to say, look, you have missed the mark on what the call of being the shepherds of Israel has been. And Jesus isn't preaching a new message. Like this is Jeremiah, this is Isaiah. These are all the message of all the prophets. And, and by the way, if you keep reading into John chapter 10. Literally the same 
sentence. The same sentence. <laughs> Jesus slips right into. Very true. I am I the you, shepherd. Anyone I'm who does gate. not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs yeah. in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. So he's calling out the religious leaders for failing as good shepherds, hmm. because they just can't see the truth. And the truth is not capital T. Truth, when, whenever the scripture talks about truth, it's not talking about the correct doctrinal statement or adherence to the right uh, line of, you know, the right political party or whatever. Whenever it talks about truth, it means truthfulness, mm. calling a thing what it is. And that's another great Lutheran doctrine, right? Call a thing what it is. And leaders, you missed it. Yeah. You have been oppressing this man because he's blind rather than helping this man because he's a beloved child of God. That, as a good shepherd, that's what you should have been doing. But instead, you call this guy a sinner. Mm-hmm. You cannot see mm-hmm. God's beloved child because all you see is following a list of rules. You're the blind one. And this guy sees me and calls me Lord. Who is blind now? I'm the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. And if you can't see that, boom. Yeah, you're out of luck. You're out of luck. Right. It's a yeah. sick so, burn. That is a sick burn. <laughs> it's a Jesus. sick burn. Jesus is full of sick burns. Yeah. So there's so much in that. <laughs> like that, that That's dense. Right? That's heavy, heavy theological language and tied up in, in, in metaphor. And I mean, he goes mm-hmm. from the, the metaphor of, you know, spiritual sight versus spiritual blindness uh, continues into this totally complex metaphor of I am the gate, but I am also the shepherd. But I mean, it's what, yeah. which one are you, Jesus? Yeah. And then he goes into also hearing. Yeah. The sheep hear my voice. Because right. this is not just vision, but this is also hearing. Yeah. So it's visual and acoustic. Ooh. <laughs> it's a full sensory experience of Jesus. It's a it is and one of the things I really love about this story is that it is rich in those kinds of details. So if you um, reader, I do truly commend to you. If you've got like, you know, ten minutes, really do actually sit down and and, and hear this story like do be a reader read this story it nine is, it is and so ten good. together if you can mm. yeah yeah not just nine if you can read it continuing to chapter 10 i really do i really do think it's worth it because it's mm. such a, a such a good story all the yeah. way through and i think there's a nice spiritual practice in here too with this idea of how do we as jesus followers see other people um do we see them for uh, or assume that they're sinners do we judge them do we Mm. see them as people who are worthless and or at least worth casting beside the road or do we actually see other people as beloved children of god so jesus calls out the the religious leaders for not seeing the truth about other people how many times do we ourselves um not see other people as beloved children of god well that's i mean that's a bit of last week's text right we were because we were talking about that you know that god is love and that when you do not love you know those who god loves which is to say everyone all people that there's no way that you are living in love there's no way you could even know who god is because if you're not living out love for all people you that's you don't know god because god is love and it's it's interesting because that was a passage from first john and this is from the gospel of John and there are those who who believe 
that the same author wrote for Second, Third John and the Gospel of John because of that continuation mm. of kind of those Johannine themes. Mm. What does it mean to know God? What does it mean to live in love? What does it mean that Jesus is the living expression of God's love? It, it, there's a lot of parallel. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a really good reason to believe it, it actually was written by the same person. Um, but that's okay. You know, there's that, that beautiful theological tradition at work here. Pastor Brandon, mm-hmm. last words. Last words. Well, um, you know, we're talking about acoustic, and you know, which I believe is a poem or word puzzle or other composition. <laughs> no, I think that's certain <laughs> letters. As, as, as your, as your favorite another... English major, I'm going to stop you right there. That's a hard no. You're thinking, you're thinking potentially of an acrostic. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, maybe somebody else better give the last word. The acrostic theology. (laughs) That's agnostic. Or maybe just play Gnostic. Oh, my goodness. For those who have ears to hear, don't listen to Brandon. (laughs) Listen to someone else. Don't listen to any of us. What are we even doing? (laughs) Do you want a last word, Pastor Brandon, or did you just blow it? it. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Steve. Is there any chance you have a last word for us? Oh, just uh, love your neighbor. Just, that's it? Follow the shepherd and love people. That's, that, when you put it that way, man, it sounds so easy. And we all know Easy it's to say, hard to do. Super complicated. <laughs> and with that encouraging word, listener, thank you for joining us here <laughs> Here on the Carry Oncast, which is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, uh, and and our mission here, when we can, you know, keep it together, is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. May the road rise on.